Chapter Eleven of the Actress in High Life, an episode in Winter Quarters by Sue Pettigrew Bowen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven. Led with delight, they thus beguile the way. When weaning to return, whence they did stray, they cannot find that path which first was shown, but wander to and fro in ways unknown, furthest from end. Then, when they nearest wean, that makes them doubt their wits be not their own so many paths so many turnings seen that which of them to take in diverse doubt they been fairy queen the party mustered early the next morning to continue their journey and after breakfast lil called for the innkeeper to pay him his bill this worthy acting on the natural supposition that the english had come into the country to indemnify the portuguese for their losses at the hands of the french at once named the round sum of sixty cruzados on lil looking surprised he began to run over so long a list of articles furnished and items of trouble given that lil who was annoyed at the interruption of an agreeable conversation with lady mabel was about to pay him in full to get rid of him when shortridge peremptorily interfered the demand was extortionate and aroused his indignation perhaps he looked upon the fellow as usurping a privilege belonging peculiarly to the commissary's own brotherhood he abused the man roundly in very bad portuguese and insisted that lil should pay him but half the sum the innkeeper a dark sallow man with a vindictive countenance glared on him as if fear alone withheld him from replying with his knife when he found his tongue he began to answer with a bitterness that was fast changing into uncontrollable rage but the commissary who was a master in the art of bullying cut him short this fellow said he addressing lil but still speaking portuguese has three fine mules in his stable i shall need a great many beasts to carry corn to elvas and will apply to the juiz de fora to embargo them among the first the innkeeper turned as pale as his golden skin permitted at the bare suggestion the french had made a similar requisition on him four years ago and when he followed his cattle to reclaim them after the required service he got only sore bones and a broken head for his pains you may do as you please in that matter said lil throwing on the table half the sum demanded and leaving their host to swallow his anger and take it up if he pleased the muleteer having come in for the baggage on finding out the nature of the controversy now poured out a flood of vociferous eloquence on the extortioner denouncing him as a disgrace to the nation and no true portuguese but a new christian as might be seen in his face and he was urgent with shortridge to let him show him the way to the house of the juiz de fora without loss of time lil's commanding air and contemptuous indifference overawed the innkeeper quite as much as shortridge's threats so sweeping the money into his pocket he went out hastily to find a safe and secret hiding-place for his mules pray said lady mabel to lil while they were waiting for their horses what is a new christian the explanation of the turn does not tell well in the history of the country said he when ferdinand and isabella expelled the jews from spain many of them took refuge here where john the second gave them shelter on condition that they should quit the kingdom in a limited time this king endeavoured to keep faith with them nevertheless in his and the following reign they were subjected to unceasing persecutions being required to become christians or leave the country at the very time every obstacle was put in the way of their escape at length their children were taken from them to be reared in the christian faith and numbers abjured judaism in order to recover possession of their own offspring but such a conversion failed not to furnish for many a generation a crowd of hapless inmates for the tremendous house of the inquisition in every town 
even in the last century no diversion delighted the lisbon mob like the burning of a relapsed jew the usage of them of old still influences the condition of the country and the term new christian is yet a byword common in the mouths of people we certainly see a great many jewish faces among the portuguese christians said mrs shortridge so the great marquis de pombul thought lil answered for when a great crowd had assembled to see him upon a fountain he had erected in lisbon on a courtier's saying see my lord like moses you make water flow from the rock yes replied the marquis and here are the jews looking at me and our host said mrs shortridge is doubtless one of these new christians but has the commissary lady mabel asked a right to make the requisition with which he threatens him not on his own authority said lil laughing but these people would well deserve that we should sweep off every mule and yoke of oxen around evra last year when we were collecting materials for the siege of badajos the ungrateful rascals would not send a single cart to help us why were we not fighting their battles lady mabel exclaimed would they not assist in their own defence badajos is not within sight of evra and that was enough for these short-sighted patriots has such blind selfishness a parallel asked lady mabel many said lil we may at times find one at home in the wisdom of a whig ministry which consists in taking a microscopic view of the wrong side of things just under their noses they now mounted their horses and leaving the prasa had entered on a narrow and somewhat crooked street where they suddenly met a funeral procession with its priests crucifix and tapers the dead being carried by several persons on a bier and followed by a few peasants the travellers drew up their horses close to the adjacent wall to leave room for the procession the face of the dead was uncovered as usual and the friar's dress which clothed the body with the rosaries and other paraphernalia displayed about his person led lady mabel to say i see that one of the good fathers has gone to his account he will now find out said moodie the worth of his beads crucifix and holy water i am surprised said lady mabel at so unpretending a funeral in the case of a member of the great order of st francis lil asked a question of a portuguese standing near and then said the cowl does not make the monk nor must you infer from his dress that this man was a friar he lived all his life a peasant in a neighbouring village indeed exclaimed lady mabel almost every one said lil as they turned to ride on their way here and throughout the peninsula is buried in a religious habit the men in the uniform of friars the women dressed like pilgrims and the girls like nuns they are loaded with a freight of rosaries agni dei and other saintly jewellery fastened to the neck hands and feet and stuffed into the clothes convents have often a warehouse appropriated to this posthumous wardrobe in the sale of which they drive a profitable trade it was a most natural mistake made by a stranger who after being a few weeks at madrid and seeing so many franciscans interred expressed his astonishment at the prodigious number of them in the city and asked if their order was not entirely carried off by this violent epidemic i suppose said lady mabel the custom originated in the propensity so strong in us all to live sinners and die saints exactly so lil answered it is a fraudulent custom old as the fifth century and common in popish countries it is nothing less than an attempt to cheat st peter who you know keeps the keys of heaven by knocking at the gate in the disguise of a monk or a friar i have too much faith in st peter's vigilance and penetration said mrs shortridge to think he has ever been so taken in they presently got out of the city but to moody's displeasure by a gate opposite to that by which they had entered it 
he was still more annoyed when on coming to a place where the road branched into two the commissary took a brief though kindly leave of his wife and friends and followed by his man galloped off to the right on a professional chase after grain and bullocks lille was surprised to find himself regretting the loss of their fellow-traveller he had found him always remembering that he was a commissary a very good fellow for we can find some good in every man if we take the trouble to look for it and shortridge was one who after taking care of himself was quite willing to take care of other people but lille's regret was nothing to moody's whose habits of life led him to appreciate the nature and importance of the commissary's official duties he valued him as a practical responsible man of business with no foolish fancies about him he admired the summary way in which he had disposed of the extortionate innkeeper and now looked after him almost in despair for he did not think the party left behind by any means fit to take care of themselves or each other lille he did not understand and mistrusted doubting whether he were merely idling rambling about the country or harboured some covert design the object of which was lady mabel of course my lady said he riding up beside her and speaking in an undertone this is not the road we travelled coming from elvis where are you going to now remarking his dissatisfied air and the look of suspicion he cast on lille she answered with provoking coolness oh we are merely rambling about any road is the right one if it but leads to a new place but now the commissary has left us do you not mean to get back to elvis in returning we will make a detour and what is a detour asked moody with a puzzled air it means going back the longest way we have plenty of leisure for the campaign will not open directly i would like to know what you my lady have to do with the opening of the campaign a great deal and so have you for as soon as it does open you and i must march back to scotland i wish it were to-morrow said moody it will not be to-morrow or to-morrow's morrow lady mabel answered meanwhile we will see all that is to be seen and learn all that is to be known even you by crowding and packing more closely your old notions may find room for some new ones i am too old to learn said moody sullenly too wise you mean she said breaking off from him come mrs shortridge let me tear you from this barren spot to which grief has rooted you on parting from the commissary and seizing that lady's mule by the rein lady mabel led her as if helpless from sorrow after the guide who had taken the left-hand road somewhere hereabouts lil remarked as they rode on lies what is called the field of sartorius i know not why it is so named but it figures largely in the tradition and yet more in the superstitions of the country there exists in portugal a strange superstition concerning king sebastian whose reappearance is as confidently expected by many of the portuguese as the coming of the messiah by the jews the rise and progress of this belief forms a curious part of their history it began in hope when the return of that prince after his hapless expedition to morocco and the fatal battle of alcazar quiber was not only possible but might have been considered likely it was fostered by the policy of the braganzan party after all reasonable hope had ceased and length of time only served to ripen it into a confirmed and rooted superstition which even the intolerance of the inquisition spared for the sake of the loyal and patriotic feelings in which it had its birth the holy office never interfered farther with the sect than to prohibit the publication of its numerous prophecies which were suffered to circulate in private for many years the persons who held this strange opinion had been content to enjoy their dream in private shrinking from observation and ridicule 
but as the belief had begun in a time of deep calamity so now when a heavier evil had overwhelmed the kingdom it spread beyond all former example their prophecies were triumphantly brought to light for only in the promises which were there held out could the portuguese find consolation and proselytes increased so rapidly that half lisbon became sebastianists the delusion was not confined to the lower orders it reached the educated classes and men who had been graduated in theology became professors of a faith which announced that portugal was soon to be the head of the fifth and universal monarchy sebastian was speedily to come from the secret island the queen would resign the sceptre into his hands he would give bonaparte battle near evora on the field of sartorius slay the tyrant and become monarch of the world and this superstition now prevails lady mabel asked so widely that at least every other man you meet is a sebastianist as they rode on they found the country dotted over with quintas and country houses here called montes from being generally seated on hills around each homestead the meagre and tame-hued olive was mingled with the deep rich green of the orange-tree which here produces its fruit in the greatest perfection of flavour at least if not of size and a vineyard occasionally occupied the slope of the hill the lower grounds were covered with extensive cornfields bearing here a thriving growth of wheat there a young crop of maize which furnishes these people with more than half their food the portuguese said lille like their spanish neighbours are often charged with indolence but here and elsewhere under favourable circumstances they show no want of industry the husbandman of this part of alamtejo has grown rich in spite of the greatest obstacle to thrift which the church has raised up in devoting more than half the year to holy days good lands are apt to make good farmers and labour and skill well repaid leads to the outlay of more labour and greater skill we see around us a people said lady mabel revelling in the scripture blessings of corn wine and oil i think there must be no little resemblance between portugal and palestine the jews think so too answered lil the delights of portugal can make a jew forget jerusalem they clung and still cling to it as another promised land moreover if their fathers of old longed after the leeks and onions of egypt their sons may satisfy that longing here and stuff themselves with garlic to boot like portuguese sausage said mrs shortridge the quantity of these things in it leaves little room for the pork the travellers occasionally fell in with peasants singly or in parties on the road and lil prompted by the ladies let few of them pass without exchanging some words which were easily drawn out for english uniforms and ladies so evidently foreigners excited much curiosity especially in the women struck with the air of comfort among these people and the marks of fertility and cultivation in the country around them lady mabel hoped that moody had at last met with something to please him so she asked the opinion of that high authority on the rural prospect and the farming around them but he at once condemned it as unskilful wasteful and slovenly in short just what was to be looked for in this benighted land what a pity it is moody you cannot speak portuguese said lady mabel you might seize many a chance of giving these benighted people a valuable hint particularly how to ferment their wine and press their olives i am sure replied moody i could make a sour wine and rancid oil as the best of them and they make no other you are a fault-seeking traveller said lady mabel and so will find nothing to please you while i enjoy all around me and see nothing to find fault with except the abominable custom of the women riding astride on their burras which i am glad to see is not universal nay my lady the country pleases me well enough 
the pasturage is poor and parched yet the oxen are fine in spite of their monstrous horns and i see corn-land that might yield good oats or barley in scotland the land is well enough it is the people i find fault with moody's verdict on portugal said lille can be summed up in four little words bona terra malagiens what pleasure continued moody not heeding the interruption can a christian man find in travelling in a land where the people grovel in ignorance and a besotted superstition which manifests that god has given them over to a reprobate heart i cannot speak their language i can only look on their wanderings in the dark and think of the wrath to come and so here is a missionary lost mrs shortridge exclaimed but according to moody's favourite dogma said lil were he gifted with the purest and most eloquent portuguese or had he the gift of st francis xavier who when thrown among any strange people was soon found exhorting them in their own tongue he could be to this people only a prophet of evil you say that they are given over to a state of reprobation do you like a great english philosopher believe in election and reprobation by nature not exactly nor do i know anything of your english philosopher but since i have been among these people i have seen much to lead my thoughts that way and we have example for it had not god his chosen people of old and the seven nations of canaan were they not swept off as utterly reprobate from the face of the earth and now suggested lille wishing to know the old man's views election is for the scotch nation and reprobation for the portuguese i do not say that all scotchmen even in the kirk are of the elect no interposed lady mabel you misconstrue moody he holds a particular election within the kirk and a national reprobation outside of it i am afraid my lady it is not given to you to understand that high doctrine it is ordered that the blessing and the comprehension of it go hand in hand i must despair then for i certainly do not comprehend it in truth the tenor of your discourse calls up in my mind the involuntary doubt did this people first desert god or god them but i trample it down as a snare laid by the evil one we are in a land where the evil one bears full sway said moody yet you have voluntarily put yourself in purgatory by coming to travel in it said lady mabel but you have your consolation and may give thankful utterance to the words of our scotch poet i bless and praise thy matchless might when thousands thou hast left in night that i am here afore thy sight for gifts and grace a burning and a shining light to all this place i do not know that psalmist if in truth he be a maker of spiritual songs said moody with a doubtful air he did dabble a little in psalmody said lady mabel but i doubt whether his attempts would satisfy you how like you this sample orthodox orthodox who believe in john knox let me sound an alarm to your conscience there's a heretic blast has been blown in the vast that what is not sense must be nonsense calvin's sons calvin's sons load your spiritual guns ammunition you never can need your hearts are the stuff will be powder enough and your skulls are storehouses a lead tis that profane lewd fellow burns exclaimed moody angrily he did worse than hide his ten talents in a napkin i wonder my lady you defile your mouth with his curious words <laughs> i have done with him said lady mabel laughing he was a profane lewd fellow far better at pointing out other men's errors than amending his own moody now fell back among the servants and lil remarked 
your old squire lady mabel holds an austere belief i never met a man so confident of his own salvation and of the damnation of others he reminds me mrs shortridge said of a dissenting neighbor of ours when we lived in london who was always saying i am called but my wife is not much to the poor woman's disquiet in this world if not to the hazard of her happiness in the next the old man puzzles me sadly at times said lady mabel and he has at hand many a text to sustain his dogmas it is a pity said lil that he will not bear in mind those that bid us judge not that ye be not judged let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required and many others of the same tenor pray go on said lady mabel and provide me with a refutation of moody's theology of destiny not that i hope to silence him for controversy is to him the breath of life now lil had acquired many things laboriously but he had gotten his training in divinity somewhat incidentally and hesitated as well he might to understand the task imposed but spurred on by the deference she showed to his opinions he eagerly sought to satisfy yet not mislead her moody is the type of a class he said who are the most wilful men in the world yet are even in calculating that man has no will of his own but is the plaything of fate fatalism indeed is no modern invention being as old as humanity itself perhaps older we find it as strongly inculcated by the greek tragic poet as by the modern calvinist but the peculiar colors in which we see it dressed are derived from the revolt of men's minds against the romish doctrine as to good works among these penance fasting alms pilgrimages bounty to the church and its servants come first this leads to the keeping of a debt and credit account with heaven and to the saints is attributed the power of buying up a stock of works of supererogation by which they acquire a mediatory power in themselves human reason has been likened to a drunken clown who if you help him up on one side of his horse falls over on the other to deter men from the presumptuous sin of attributing merit to their actions the reformers and also individuals and even orders in the church have labored to prove that man acts only in obedience to preordained decree and can of himself do nothing good yet their logic charges him freely with the guilt of sinning by necessity i cannot for the life of me distinguish between fatalism and predestination either binds us with the same chain of necessity in thought word and deed from the cradle to the grave to escape this charge fanaticism can only add a few links to the chain of necessitating cause and tell you it is necessity no longer now our most perfect conception of sin is found in a will which sets itself in opposition to god's will this is the characteristic of the father of evil and his fallen hosts our highest idea of virtue is found in the creature's conforming his will to that of his maker this is the trait of the angels who were steadfast in their faith how can you here couple fatality and will if ours be a state of probation it is only by a certain freedom of action an originating power of causation in ourselves that we can conceive of our being put to proof possibly in fallen man that freedom is limited to the power of rejecting or yielding to the influences of grace yet within that narrow range it may be still a perfect freedom god said let us make man in our image and after our likeness and this likeness between the cause of causes and his creature may well consist in man's being endowed with a spark from the creature's nature gifted with an originating will and made a source of causes in himself to say that this may not be were to limit the power of god most assuredly said lady mabel who was on this point easily convinced 
i shall now be ready armed for moody when next he broaches his dogma of predestination but will he listen much less understand if his dogma be a truth continued lil encouraged by her approbation to know it or any other revealed truth can avail us nothing for our knowledge itself a predestined fact cannot influence our preordained condition here or hereafter on the other hand if the doctrine be misunderstood or false it is most dangerous there being but a short step between believing it and applying it presumptuously in our own favour and adversely to our neighbour we are ever more successful in deceiving ourselves than others and to indulge in the belief that we are the chosen of god may be only less dangerous than a conviction of our utter reprobation for my part said lady mabel i can appeal yet more confidently to my feelings than my reason for a refutation of the doctrine moody has so often urged upon me i feel within me a capacity to be as wicked as i please if fear and reverence did not withhold me and i as your duenna said mrs shortridge prohibit any such frank admission of propensity to evil in a young lady under my charge why will you not let me make a christian confession of the sinfulness of my nature it were indeed heresy to claim an equal capacity for good there i acknowledge the need of aid from above and that aid is not compulsion said lil as every page of scripture testifies there is something strangely illogical in the reasoning of those who starting from the point that what has been decreed by god is as good as done and the future as fixed as the past thence exhort us to plead because the decree has gone forth to run in the race because the victor has been chosen and the price adjudged to strive because the battle has been fought and to repent and be saved because our final destiny was decided before time was surely if this life have any bearing on another we are running a race the issue of which is undecided until death and ours is a real struggle not merely the acting out of a foregone conclusion not the dramatic representation of a past event what would you think of a modern greek praying zealously that mohammed the second should not have taken constantinople or of a roman of to-day besieging heaven with prayers that rome should not have been taken by the goths or sacked by the army of the constable bourbon yet what is commonly called calvinist is nothing less than this praying against past events or the decrees of fate is the papist so absurd in offering his masses for the dead the ladies were still complimenting lil on his reputation of moody's tenets so obnoxious to their own convictions when they met a peasant trudging along cujado in hand with the small end of which he occasionally enlivened the motions of an ass toiling under a heavy sack of grain the muleteer stopped him to inquire where they might find water for their animals in this thirsty land the peasant pointed back to a thicket near the road and said i would have watered my own beast there but for the company i would have fallen among he then went on his way and they rode to the spot pointed out where among the oleander and buckthorn bushes they found a puddle rather than a spring so well had it been lately stirred up a gang of eight or nine vagrants who had been munching their crusts and sardinias in the shade now sprung up and placing themselves between the travellers and the water vociferously demanded alms to rid themselves of this motley troop lil and mrs shortridge threw each of them a small coin they were not so easily satisfied but thrusting themselves among the horses continued to rival each other in whining petitions and adjurations of their favourite saints lady mabel who had emptied her purse of small coin the evening before now entreated moody to let this second opportunity of almsgiving so manifestly sent for his benefit soften his stony heart but he shook his head grimly saying if they are strong enough to travel they are strong enough to work 
and work they shall or starve before they touch a penny of mine lille's short-tempered groom availing himself of the impatience of a thirsty horse now turned his about at once spurring and reining him in which made him lash out his heels at the intruders near him the other steeds seemed to catch this infectious restiveness and the beggars were driven to a safer distance their horses now could drink in peace of the water stirred up and muddied by their mendicant friends whom they presently left behind them without further heeding their continued and vociferous appeals one stout ragged fellow put himself in their way and displayed to their eyes a flaming picture painted on a board depicting the torments of the souls in purgatory but the travellers were in a hurry and unmoved at the sight left the souls in unmitigated tortures there what we have just seen said lil to the ladies may convince you that beggars are a formidable class in this country they ramble about and infest every place not entreating charity but demanding it they often assemble at night in hordes at the best country house they can find and taking up their abode in one of the outbuildings call for whatever they want like travellers at an inn and here they claim the right of tarrying three days if they like it when a gang of these sturdy fellows meets a traveller on the highway he must offer them money and it sometimes happens that the amount of the offering is not left to his own discretion st anthony assails him on one side st francis on the other having satisfied their clamour in behalf of these favourite saints he is next attacked for the honour of the virgin and thus they rob him for the love of god i wonder mrs shortridge said the nation tolerates such a nuisance there are laws for its abatement answered lil john the third and sebastian both warred against the beggars a law of the sixteenth century ordains that the lame should learn the trade of a tailor or shoemaker the maimed serve for subsistence any who will employ them and the blind for food and raiment give themselves to the labours of the forge by blowing the bellows but we see how the law is enforced these men behind us are neither lame halt nor blind but truly represent the sturdy vagrants with whom queen bess's statute dealt so roughly with what result it is but the ancestor of a long line of laws which load our statute books and have built up our poor law system merely substituting for one evil another which burdens the country like an incubus and vulture-like is eating out its entrails we have no such national institution for the breeding of beggars in scotland said moody from behind is it because scotland is too poor to maintain paupers inquired mrs shortridge it is because it is not natural for a scotchman to be a beggar replied moody with patriotic pride we cannot carry the system much further in england said lil the resources of the country and the sturdy character of the people are breaking down under it could our british population be brought down to as low a condition as these people lady mabel asked assuredly not said mrs shortridge have you ever been in ireland asked lil no neither of the ladies had been there or in an english poorhouse that too was terra incognita especially to lady mabel either of them might assist you in finding an answer to a very difficult question still like moody i have great faith in race and in the fitness of climates to races there is something enervating to a northern race in these subtropical climates while the powers of enjoyment remain unimpaired or are even stimulated the energy of action is rapidly sapped we know that the gothic conquerors of this peninsula lost in a few generations their energy and enterprise a war of seven centuries revived and sustained that of their descendants 
but after that stimulant was withdrawn on the expulsion of the moors they gradually sunk to what we see them now some persons attribute the character and condition of these peninsular nations to the vices of government others to the corruption of the church i doubt the questions admitting of so simple a solution as either or both of these we may be putting effect for cause and cause for effect an inferior people may deteriorate government and corrupt the church the disciples of the apostles received christianity in its purity whence originated the rapid degeneracy of the early church we see some portions of the human race betraying stronger downward tendencies than others but the why is too complex a question to admit of a simple solution the portuguese of this province especially are an inferior people they are probably a degenerate people and one cause of that degeneracy may be an intermixture of dissimilar races it is evident said lady mabel that the work paleo began was never finished by his successors that in reconquering the country the christians did not make thorough work in expelling the moors i know not how thoroughly they may have driven out the moors said mrs shortridge but they certainly have not kept out the blackamoors the negroes now form no small part of the population of lisbon and the worst part said lil as will always happen when an inferior race is brought in contact and competition with one superior to it a great part of the robbers and other criminals there are negroes they are comparatively newcomers but among the old population around us though we meet with many specimens of men of pure and better breed still the great number of turned-up noses and projecting lips we see gives us an idea of an intermixture with negroes this mixture and deterioration of the people will control the condition of the country far more than revolutions in church and state the presence of but one race in a country renders possible a real freedom embracing the whole population and it becomes more attainable if this people be a race of high caste but an inferior people mingled with them will be politically and socially subjected to them this is the history of races all over the world they had now ridden many miles on the road to muraro whither lil would gladly have led the ladies were it only for the pleasure of taking them across the guadiana so renowned in song but he feared to prolong the fatigues of the journey beyond the next day and bade the muleteer find the shortest way back to elvas on this their guide soon turned into a byway and they gradually left the cultivated country behind them the heat of the day made them wish for shelter long before it could be found in so bare and desolate a region at length they were cheered by the sight of a few pines of stunted growth and seating themselves in the shade prepared to dine while the servants went in search of water which proved scarce drinkable when brought the sweet-smelling thyme which abounded in this spot now bruised under the horses hoofs gave a refreshing fragrance to the air and they rested the longer as mrs shortridge seemed worn out with the heat lady mabel seized the occasion to add some new plants to her hortus siccus which now swollen to a portentous bulk occupied the highest place in the load of one of the mules as she wandered from one cluster of plants to another her voice rose in a tuneful strain lil followed her with eye and ear as imprisoned palamon did emilie while she gathered flowers partly white and red to make a subtle garland for her head and as an angel heaven-like she sang but she presently returned to her seat and to her favourite diversion of exciting moody's controversial spirit by asking him if there was not something exceedingly impressive in the external religion of the people they were among the term she used was enough to rouse him but checking himself he sneeringly said i think these mummeries are well contrived for their purpose to amuse a childish people 
and keep them in a state of childhood and why should they not be amused said lady mabel since you will view it in that light the church their nursing mother takes charge of them body and soul and strives to make religion part and parcel of the occupations of every hour of everyday life by spectacles processions pictures music by the lonely wayside cross by the crucifix hidden in the bosom by the neighboring convent bell chiming the hour of prayer the romanist is reminded forty times a day that he does not live for this life alone does he seek amusement from books she takes out of his hands the lewd tale or lying romance and puts into it the more wonderful legend of a saint or a martyr does any son of the church neglect the practice of charity she sends him an humble penniless friar to remind him of that duty does he strive to forget his sins she startles his slumbering conscience by daily summoning him to the confessional the youths and maidens taking an evening walk led by early habit stroll toward some neighboring chapel and suspend their thoughtless mirth while they bend the knee to offer up a prayer and make the sign of the cross an emblem of their faith in him who died upon it moody shook his head you have well named its external religion it is a whited sepulchre full within of dead men's bones the kirk swept out all that rubbish long ago and the less it is like rome the nearer the pure faith they would be odd christians said lille who held nothing in common with rome i doubt too whether it be possible to preserve the substance with an utter disregard to form when inspiration ceased it was time to frame liturgies and creeds but there is one material point in which the kirk of scotland and the church of rome still strongly resemble each other moody pricked up his ears at this astonishing assertion and scornfully asked what point is that sir their vicarious public worship answered lil they both pray by proxy the papists employ a priest to pray for them in a dead language which they do not understand and the presbyterians a minister to offer up petitions unknown to his people until after they are uttered who stand listening or seeming to listen to this vicarious prayer which may be and often is unfitted to the wants of their hearts and the convictions of their consciences and to escape these dangers more possible than likely you flee to those dead formularies you call your liturgy retorted moody to the formalist and the negligent lil replied the liturgy is but a form but to the earnest churchman it is a thing of life using it the christian congregation priest and layman pastor and flock join in a united confession of their sins in the profession of their common faith in prayer for mercies needed in thanksgiving for blessings bestowed god's praise is sung his pardon to repentant sinners authoritatively pronounced the sacraments ordained by christ are reverently administered and the whole body of revealed truth and sacred history systematically recited to the people in the course of each year a most profitable teaching to the young and ignorant who cannot search the scriptures for themselves this is a true christian public worship complete in itself nor do we neglect preaching as a means of instruction and exhortation without holding it to be an always essential accompaniment much less as you do the right arm in the public worship of god and to this form of words made by man objected moody you attribute a divine character little if at all below that which belongs to the word of god so far as it consists of the language of scripture rightly applied it is divine said lil but it is an error to say that our liturgy or any other worthy to be named was made by a man or the men of any one age it has a more catholic origin than that 
the spiritual experience of devout men of many centuries of christianity realizing the needs of sinful humanity in its intercourse with its maker and redeemer and the comforting spirit have helped to build it up and thus adapted it in its parts of general application to the spiritual wants at all times of every child of adam you speak up finely for your formal service sir said moody and i may not be scholar enough to answer you but every spiritual-minded man knows that it only fetters the spirit in prayer yet we might infer said lil from a passage in the revelations of st john that a liturgy is used by the four-and-twenty elders who stand before the throne you and moody do not seem to get any nearer to each other said mrs shortridge in your rambles through the mazes of controversy we only need here a well-trained son of rome answered lil to make confusion worse confounded luckily moody and i can fight out our duel in quiet without having a dexterous adversary come in as thirds man and kill us both the muleteer who had shown signs of impatience unusual with him now pointed to the sun in a few minutes they were again on the road which was but a bridle path and the country promised less and less as they rode on their guide looked around doubtfully and at length turned aside to a half-ruinous cottage the only habitation they had seen for miles where he closely questioned an old woman whom he found there as to the way before them little satisfied with her directions he presently stopped an idiotic-looking fellow with a huge head whom they met driving some milch goats towards the hovel and questioned him the goat-herd stood staring at the party with open mouth and gave little heed to him but at length being pressed for an answer he gave one in a harsh voice with great volubility and much action as if drawing in the air a map of the whole country around the muleteer seemed satisfied and they again moved on over a waste of low rolling hills without a tree upon them unlike the heaths of the north of europe it was covered with a false show of fertility displaying a variety of plants among them several species of heath one six feet high and entirely covered with large red flowers another smaller indeed but with flowers of a yet more lively red here too were the yellow flowers cysti and many other plants with blossoms of many hues perfuming the air while they delighted the eye but the stunted juniper bushes and the myrtles not luxuriant and beautiful like those growing on the banks of the rivulets but dwarfish to the humble size of weeds told of a land of starvation under this wilderness of sweets lady mabel much as she loved flowers was sated here and owned that no profusion of them could make a landscape there is a dreary monotony in a scene like this that words cannot express the sky of brass over our heads and this treeless lifeless sea of sandy hillocks around us excite a feeling of desolation and solitude which forces me to look round on our party to convince myself that i am not alone in the world the muleteer who was some way ahead now stopped short riding up they saw that the path here divided into two and heard him heaping curses on the huge head of the simpleton who had forgotten to tell him which to follow but on lil's asking what they should do now he dismounted and stepped up to consult his wisest mule which he did by slipping the bridle from his head at once sure instinct came to faltering reason's aid the beast turned complacently into the right-hand path and moving briskly on jingled his bells more cheerily than before as if he already saw the open stable door and snuffed his evening meal their path bending westward they now saw clouds mustering on the heights before them and one of april's sudden showers drawing near within less than a mile they came upon a hedge of american aloes which with their close array of massive leaves each ending in a sharp point protected an orchard 
following its course a few rods they came to a rude gateway which admitted them into a small cattle-yard and a low unpretending farmhouse stood before them End of chapter eleven